Welcome to Heaven Sent and Bent on TalkZone.com, a place to talk about the experiences that we call life. We'll share the sorrow and the joy that makes this earthy existence real and makes us who we are. Now, here's your host, Renee Steelman. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me today, for joining me this morning on Heaven Sent and Bent. I'm so glad that you have tuned in to TalkZone.com. And be sure and tell all of your friends. Uh, there's a lot of really great programs on TalkZone, but especially I want you to listen to my program, which you can listen to live every week on Monday mornings at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And obviously, if you're listening, you already know that you have to Get in to www.talkzone.com to listen to the uh, live broadcast, but I always post the podcast after the, the live broadcast is completed. I post the uh, podcast on my blog, which is www.heavenandnot.com. And I think that you will be especially, you, you will especially want to listen to this broadcast again. And I'm hoping that you will share it with your friends and family because I think there's going to be a lot of information that um, you will really be excited to hear about. I wanted to wish all of you a very Merry Christmas, a very Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, and Happy Yule to um, all of my friends and family who have different religious beliefs. But we all believe in family. We all believe in doing good to one another and treating others as we would like to be treated. And we have a lot of different religious beliefs, and even in just my own family, but we all love one another. And we know how important it is to love your neighbor as yourself and a lot of other principles that are seen throughout all of the different religions. So I hope that you are already getting your season, whatever your holiday is, off to a start. And I know it's a crazy month. It's a very stressful month, and I don't think it's stressful necessarily because of the gifts and other things that people talk about. I think it's just busy. I think there's just a lot of things going on, tree lighting ceremonies and and uh, Christmas programs at schools and, and at churches and things going on in the community and things that we want to do to give back to the community. And it it's all trying to be crammed into four short little weeks. So I think that's what makes the, the month of December so crazy. And if you happen to have a child who has been diagnosed with attention deficit hyperactive disorder and and you're trying to cram all of these things that are not in your usual um, plans for the day. This isn't something that you normally schedule. This can be very upsetting for children. And we're going to be talking a little bit about what you can do if you have a child with attention deficit disorder um, because I think it's something that is very highly diagnosed, obviously. There are a lot of kids that have that diagnosis and we could probably talk for hours and hours about the diagnosis and whether we think it's a, a real problem or whether it's a cultural problem or an environmental problem or whatever. But regardless, um, it does exist in some way, shape or form and it does create problems for some families. I think the greatest thing to recognize is that if you can get through the elementary school age and probably the middle age years with your child, it can be a real blessing. I I mean, I will be the first to admit that we probably have a huge dose of attention deficit hyperactive disorder in my family. Probably runs 
pretty much on both sides. And so I know my husband and my children, they're probably getting, you know, a double dose of genetic uh, hyperactiveness. And I see great things coming out of my kids. And hey, school was a problem, but um, they were able to adapt. We were able to adapt. And programs like the, what we're going to talk about today is one way that you can help your child to find success and something that they can do where they can learn that this quote, quote, disorder can actually end up being quite a blessing. So let's get into this. Let's, let's not let me babble on anymore. Besides that, it is pouring down rain outside and I don't even want to look outside. I just want to get really going onto this program. So we're going to talk today about a program called Fidgets to Widgets and it's a STEM program. And it focus, it is focused on after school enrichment. So what they want to do is they want to provide a program for children for after school. And then they have fabulous summertime and, and, uh, uh, weekend programs and then things that are going on during school holidays and things like that. But they really want to have a, a environment to have an inspiring curriculum that centers on cutting edge technology. And what they have developed is a really unique environment that can transform the learning experience and then enhance both school and out of school time. So it's really a great program. And it was founded by a couple of amazing women, which I think is exciting right there to have women that are so focused on any kind of a STEM program. Uh, my guest today is Pam Simon, who is one of the founders. And her, she, along with Sydney Ashland, uh, founded the Fidgets to Widgets program. And Pam is amazingly qualified. She has a bachelor's degree in speech pathology and audiology from the University of Iowa and a master's degree in social work. Um, she is fluent in American Sign Language and has specialized in communication disorders with both children and adults. And she's worked with autism and sensory integration issues. She, and she and, and, uh, and her partner have helped to develop the theory of fidgets to widgets to aid in continuing her work with children. She's co-authored a couple of books. One of them is Parenting High Energy Kids. And another one is Mind Your Minecraft, Eat Your Vegetables, which I think is an amazing, amazing topic for a book because if any of you have, uh, probably any child in your home, but especially uh, little active children in your home, you will know that uh, Minecraft, I don't know much about the game. I watch it. I, I peek over my grandson's shoulder and I watch him and my other grandchildren play it. I don't get it, but there's something about it. Maybe Pam can help explain it to us that is absolutely mesmerizing. So Pam, thank you so much for joining me this morning. My pleasure. Thank you, Renee, for having me on your show. I just wanted to start um, by saying I loved your introduction and talking about this month and this season and how it's really the season of miracles for everyone, all the traditions, that's sort of the commonality uh, archetypally is that they all in one way or another have stories and beliefs around miracles. And so we at Fidgets to Widgets, think that all children are precious beings and miracles in themselves, and that's partly how and why we developed our program. Oh, that's amazing. And you know, you're so right, and there does seem to be a tendency to stamp these children with diagnosis. You know, this child mm -hmm. is stamp this or stamp that or, you know, attention deficit, hyperactive, 
you know, dyslexia. We stamp all of these right. children with these labels and we forget truly the little individual and we forget the miracle that they are by mm-hmm. just being. You're so right. 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 So talk about how this program, you know, came to be and were you and Sydney working together initially or did you find each other? Tell us about that. Well, both of us have raised children and actually both of us have raised boy children. And <laughs> so uh, between us, we've done homeschooling, public schooling, private schooling, unschooling, just looking for the right and educational model that would continue to inspire the creativity and innate curiosity in our boys, which school wasn't doing. School was actually doing the opposite. I mean, when you have babies and infants and toddlers and they're so wide-eyed and want to explore everything in the world, that to me is just the ultimate in the living experience, and then unfortunately, at least for our boys, when they got to school, as the years progressed, we saw that twinkle in their eye just diminish, <clears throat> diminish, and we didn't want it to be extinguished. So we complained, uh, we, you know, would meet at Starbucks and complain bitterly over the education, traditional educational system. And not only was it not meeting the needs of our children um, and not accommodating these, what seemed to be almost a new generation of children and their brain wiring. I mean, yes, they're, quote, ADD, ADHD, but maybe that's because we're in the midst of an evolution, biological evolutionary step. I remember when I was a child, autism was actually very rare. I remember hearing about it, you know, um, oh, that poor family, you know, down the road or something has this mm-hmm. child. And I think the statistics when I was growing up was maybe one in 10,000. Children were diagnosed with autism. I don't even ever remember hearing about sensory integration issues or the the spectrum. Mm -hmm. And now, just in one generation, I think that the statistics have increased meteorically to one in 45 children or something like that. Mm -hmm. So there's something happening with, I believe, with the hard wiring of these Children, I don't know the cause. I don't mm-hmm. claim to be an expert on that. I don't know why it's happening, but it is happening. And mm-hmm. our schools are not accommodating to it. The educational model as an institution hasn't changed, you know, since the beginning of the Industrial Revolution. And mm-hmm. so instead of complaining, complaining, complaining for hours like we could do and like you and I, Renee, could do, um, we decided, well, Let's be part of the solution rather than part of just sitting on the sidelines and playing. Let's see what we can do. And so that's how Fidgets to Widgets was born. Oh, that's amazing. And you're absolutely right. And I hear that so often from so many of the parents. In fact, my own brother, his little boy, he has a set of twins, a little boy and a little girl, and they are 
they're they're like little clones. It's so funny because the little girl looks exactly like mom and the little boy looks exactly like him. And they are night and day. I mean, obviously they're brother and sister. So, um, you know, you, we use the we, we use the word twin, but, you know, um, right. but this little guy was just getting in trouble all the time. He's a very busy little boy. And right. it, and I can, you know, when when she when they told us, oh, he's getting in trouble all the time and mm-hmm. we're thinking about pulling him out of school. And they ended they ended up doing that. They ended up pulling him out of school and she's homeschooling him. And right. because they were so worried about crushing his spirit because right. he was constantly getting in trouble. And and I was just telling my daughter the other day, I said, you know, it's so funny because the Chris, the movie, the, or the you know, the Christmas story, the movie, the Christmas story, which was mm-hmm. so popular in the 80s. And right. it's now been made into a play. And and, mm-hmm. you know, people watch it as a as a tradition in their homes. But nobody really has talked about the fact that the entire movie is about uh, bullying and mm-hmm. about the mom and the dad, you know, sticking soap in the mouth of this little boy. When we watched that in the 80s, we're like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's what you do with your kids. And now, you know, people, if if the bullying that went on in that movie went on today, (laughs) those kids would be in juvie, you know. Um, So the world has changed in our outlook Mm -hmm. on what is normal for a little Mm -hmm. boy, how behavior, what behavior is normal for a little boy has Mm -hmm. changed. And I think it's changed very dangerously. Right, right. Well, the other aspect that I didn't um, really address in terms of our model for fidgets to widgets is the other thing that we saw lacking, and I will return to your your comment about um, bullying, but I just want to say that the um, other piece to our developing the model for fidgets to widgets is we also saw that the future is the future economy for these children and the job opportunities are going to be almost exclusively digital, digitally based. Yeah. And so we have to also be raising children that are good digital citizens, have digital literacy skills, and are creators of content, not just passive users. And so a lot of what we teach are computer programming skills and website design and video game making. We want our kids to sort of be in the pipeline. But we absolutely emphasize good digital citizenship, and that applies not only to the virtual world in on the computers, but also in the physical world. So we have standards of behavior. No bullying is one of our tenets. And um, that translates on the Internet or sort of in the digital world. It's called trolling or griefing. And so we have rules around that. And the minute, you know, there's those kinds of antisocial behaviors that are going on, we quash them and... We're, you know, we could, we have good staff who helps with mediation and communication skills, and we're really striving respectful behavior because, you know, a lot of what's happening on the internet is um, really mean spirited and, and hateful, cyberbullying mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so right. we feel a real uh, commitment and calling to raise children to be good digital citizens and respectful and kind to each other. 
And I think that you're probably doing a really good job. I want to take just a moment. I'm going to bring uh, Sherry on the line. And Sherry is a customer of the Fidget to Widgets program. And just so that she has time to, you know, make a few comments and then get on with her morning, I'm going to interrupt our, our little conversation, Pam, and bring Sherry on because I want her to tell a little bit about how she, how the Fidgets to Widgets program has worked for her. So Sherry, are you there? I'm here. Thank you for calling this morning. I can. I can hear you really, really great. So tell us a little bit about how you found Fidgets to Widgets and how that's worked for your family. Um, you know, we just stumbled upon it uh, here in Eugene, and um, it's been it's been really, really good. We we have a boy who's very techy, loves computers, and he's not he's not a sports kid. He's not into team sports and things like that and and we find that there's just there's a lot of after school programs that revolve around you know kids that are into team sports and kids that are really social but there's just not much for the kids that are more introverted and more technology oriented so this seems to really fill a niche that um I think there's a huge need for out there and so and how old was your son when you got him involved in the program um, he's nine. Okay. Okay. So pretty young. Yeah. Yeah. That's our, but our age range is actually nine to 14 because we wanted, we're targeting sort of late elementary and middle school kids primarily. Now, Taylor also has, her son also has an older sister who's attended. We've talked a lot about boys, but I also want to give a shout out to yes. the girls who come to Fidgets to Widgets and getting, yes. I mean, we're, you know, we, as you said in the introduction, Renee, um, we're two moms, we're women in a tech field, and we're women who are stewarding and mentoring these children, and we're very committed to bringing the girls along as well. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yes, my my uh, granddaughter sat next to me yesterday and was playing Minecraft on the sofa. And, you know, she just has a very science, technology type of a brain. And I'm really excited to watch her grow up because I think that it's going to be fun to see what she does uh, with her engineering type of a, a brain. So, um, yeah, so talk a little bit. Then do you did the after-school program, Sherry, or how how often does your – does your do your kids uh, go to the STEM pro, or to the uh, Fidgets to Widgets program? Um, we're doing once a week right now, but we're looking at doing um, possibly every day. Our son is homeschooled, so um, um, so we're, we've been talking to Pam about um, opening up for uh, homeschool resource center um, in the mornings in Eugene, and um, we're very excited about that. So he loves it. Yeah. He gets, you know, more social and, um, you know, obviously my daughter loves it too, but she's right. Right. So when she's, when she's off, she, she goes and she loves it. Um, absolutely. Now, Sherry, did you start out, did you start your children out in the public school program and then end up homeschooling or did you know you were, you would always do homeschooling? Um, we actually started homeschooling first and because our daughter is, um, in a group they call profoundly gifted. So ah. um, when your child is reading Little House on the Prairie before um, she's supposed to start kindergarten, 
<laughs> didn't seem like a good fit. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so we actually talked to a principal of a public school, and she recommended homeschooling. So we did that for a while, but our daughter's very, very social. So she uh, ended up in public school. But homeschooling is still a better fit for our son. But he he's at that age where he really wants those friendships. And we found Fidgets to Widgets is a great fit for that because it's kids who are um, – technology you know they get excited about technology and so he's got some good friends that are there with him and he gets that um social time that you know my daughter might get from playing soccer right right and i love that you talked about the fact that there needs to be recognition for the technology kids because you know the reality is that sports is great and my boys all played sports my girls were all very you know athletic and that was a big part of our home but as you mentioned pam the jobs the 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 you know the environment the the way things are heading um the chances of you playing a professional soccer you know being on a professional mm-hmm. soccer team or playing in the NBA are probably mm-hmm. less than your than your ability to find employment through some kind of a technical field so um, and, and it's, it's one of those things that we can all poo poo it and we can all talk about those darn smartphones and those darn iPads and the kids get their faces. But the reality is that's where the world is going. And it's kind of like we need to kind of all hold hands and go into it kicking and screaming if we must, but recognize that that is where things are headed. So we do need to train these kids and we need these kids that love this stuff as well. Right. And I think, you know, I can speak to um, Sherry's boy and most of the other kids that are here. They're, all, they're not, most of the kids who come here are not, quote, the jocks. Mm-hmm. And yet we still need to teach them balance in their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And our program is holistic in that we offer great physical outlets for them during the day, during the time that they're here. We have an exercise bike. We have yoga balls. We have an indoor trampoline kind of thing. We have Wii U where they can play, you know, virtual baseball or virtual soccer, those kinds of activities. And almost daily we have a very um, um, raucous game of hide-and-seek that goes on. So, And I know that, you know, the kids who aren't into organized team sports or competitive athletic stuff, we still need to get them moving. And mm-hmm. so that's part of our, our the model of our program, too. And I just wanted to say, Sherry has also lived in Portland. We have sites in both Eugene and Portland, and um, Sherry has been part of both communities. So I felt like she would be a really good person to talk about our program because she has a lot to compare to. Right, right, right. So, And I appreciate that. Sherry, is there anything else that you'd like to tell the listeners about how this program has, you know, worked into your family? Um, I think the only other thing that I would add is um, the number one comment that I hear from other parents about the summer program, the after-school program, the winter break program is the cost is really good. So I feel like their price point is, um, is really competitive compared to, most of the other options out there that families have for after school and, and, um, you know, summer and winter break programs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's very good. I appreciate that. Well, thank you so much for calling in, Sherry. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Thank okay. you, Sherry. Have a good day. 
So, Pam, let's kind of go back and okay. talk a little bit about the basics of the program and what it is and how it works. And we kind of, we kind of put things, you know, the cart before the horse a little bit, but I, re- I know, I, re- I know I found the program and when I just even just reading off of your website, I was so excited and, and, you know, at first when I saw that it was only located in Eugene, I was like, oh, and then I found right. out that you were located in, um, you know, one of the suburbs of Portland. I was like, yes, I will drive. However, you know, that is some place that I can drive to. So tell That's us great. about the program and kind of start from the beginning and tell the listeners about what it does and what it offers. Sure. So, I mean, I think we've described some of the underpinnings of the philosophy are our name is Fidgets to Widgets, and the two is the number two in the middle there. Um, we chose that name because we also, um, we have in our logo, we actually have arrows that go from, I mean, the whole idea is Fidgets to Widgets. It's a developmental model. So the kids might, you know, come in really fidgety and unfocused and distracted and then they become transformed through attending our program because we are addressing the whole child. It's a whole child approach and philosophy. And then kind of in the tech development world, what I understand widget to mean is um, something productive, efficient, useful, and on your smartphones if you have um, if you have one there are widgets which are actually tools like your clock is a widget it's not software it's not an app it's actually there and it updates all the time or if you have the weather widget so um, you know the whole thing starts even with the name uh, we are an after school program in our after school program the kids we, we do offer some transportation or the children come via carpools or their parents um, because we are a physical center. We're not um, in the schools and uh, we're not uh, an online program. We're a physical center, and we also chose that because of the socialization aspect. Mm-hmm. Kids can be social online, but I'm sorry, it still does not replace face-to-face interactions right. and all right. those you know casual passing in the hall or scooting back from your desk to you know show something to your next door next neighbor who's sitting right next to you so we wanted a place a gathering place a community place where people could kids and their parents could come and um, just you know enjoy a safe structured supervised stimulating environment so if they come after school, we have a snack, we have some downtime and transition time from school where they can, it's essentially unstructured and they can play Minecraft or Terraria or Roblox, one of our sort of sanctioned um, online games. Uh, we have tablets, we have board games, good old school board games. We have arts and crafts supplies, so they get some unstructured time. And then um, we have homework help. They have to do homework. If they don't have any homework, then they have to do some online educational software like Lumosity or Khan Academy, but it has to be more academically focused. 
um, and that we usually do homework time or educational time for about 45 minutes. And then every week we have a different learning theme. So we teach everything from life skills, like one week we had um, a personal finance theme where the kids learned how to write checks, you know, all those life skills that they – we developed our curriculum based on either what was missing in school for us or what our parents didn't teach us that we then had to learn somehow <laughs> by osmosis. As right, right, right. So we teach some of those life skills we also teach, um, as I mentioned before, computer programming. This week is um, the Hour of Code that was a movement that was started, oh, maybe two or three years ago by an organization called, it's a nonprofit called Code.org. And it's, um, they're on a mission to get coding into every school. And so every first week in December or second week, I don't know which this is qualified as, but um, they have the hour of code and um, offer really engaging um, and achievable uh, coding exercises for kids. So that's what we're doing this week. Um, other programs might include, we've done like build your own brand and we talked about um, starting a company and what would your logo be and what would your brand stand for and then looked at national brands or international brands that are famous and why. So it's, it's, it's not academic. It's a casual learning environment. I think that the academic pieces come naturally as part of it. Like even in Minecraft, even when they're playing Minecraft, there are um, things that they have to read in the game. There are ways that they communicate with each other through typing. So they're, you know, learning keyboarding skills. They're learning reading. They're learning writing. And um, the core academics, I mean, if you wanted to take Minecraft in particular, the core academics are embedded in the software programs that we use, but they're not like the exclusive focus. Everything that we do for the kids has to be relevant, current, and, you know, sort of applied to the real world. And that's interesting because I'm obviously, like I mentioned earlier in the program, I don't know much about Minecraft. I've never been someone that was into videos or video games or anything like that. So I watch my grandson play it. But I remember at one point he was, he had built a, it looked very much like the um, the the museum in Paris, the triangle, right. you know, the you know, uh, and uh, he was so proud of that. And inside that that structure that he had built, he had put right. uh, I know something. And then he also had a lighthouse that he built, and then he also had wow. a cave that he had built. And I just remember thinking, okay, I could be totally naive about this whole thing, but to me. That's really cool. And that, you know, if he had any kind of a desire to go into architecture or exactly. any kind of construction, I'm thinking this has got to be a really good thing. This is not Absolutely. just. Yeah. So I was really kind of like, that's then this is the best part. Then I took his smartphone and I updated it to a new operating system and I actually erased all of that. And he, he was so good about not going totally ballistic but when uh-huh. i handed it back his phone he was like nana it's gone what oh. did you do and i was like i don't know i don't know what i did i'm sorry you know right. but i guess it gave him incentive to build it again but you right. know we we really do have to look at the good that's available out there i guess 
Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. I think to to say as a blanket statement, screen time is bad for kids. I I think that's a gross generalization and actually not true. The challenge for our generation, and I would say this, the generation of parents and grandparents, is not the screen time itself, but what are your children and grandchildren doing on the, with the screens? If they are engaged in creating content, you know, like your grandson was building things, mm-hmm. you would only want to encourage that. He's mm-hmm. being, you know, it's... Minecraft, at least, is more like digital Legos. So I don't think you would freak out that your kid is playing Legos for hours and hours and reconstructing structures. I think you'd really encourage that. So um, I've actually done some writing about how parents and grandparents can use screen time, turn it into learning time, and turn it into creating time. Then I think it will be used for the positive good, and your children and grandchildren will love it if you're engaged with them and interested in what they are doing. Right, right. And I think you're so right when when it is a matter of taking the time to find out what is on that screen. And I do right. think that I remember one time hearing a quote, and I don't remember who said it, but the quote was, the best gift you can give your children is a good memory. And I Uh think that's so important because as people get older, we forget what it was like to be a child and we start throwing these things out. Well, you know, in my day, we used to do this or we used to do that or kids nowadays should be doing this. And and one of my biggest pet peeves is – the onslaught of negative, you know, talk about mothers at parks or at any kind of a play environment where the mothers are on their phones. And Uh I always, I always want to say to them, okay, if any of you could go back in time Uh or perhaps go to the East coast or over to Europe where there are a lot of nannies or caregivers back in the days before everyone had a computer in their pockets, people would take books. And they would sit at the park and they would read a book while the children played on the plaything. And no one would ever have said, how dare those nannies read their books while the kids are playing? You know, they should be staring at their children at all times. They should be actually on the slide with their children at all times. But because it's a computer, people automatically assume something negative when in reality – who knows? I, maybe, maybe they're communicating with some friends. Maybe they're reading a book. Maybe – who knows? But the point right. is it's okay because we've right. all done that. We just used a different form of media, whether it was a book or writing a letter or whatever it was. We forgot that grandchildren never, ever at any time sat at their grandparents' feet whenever there was a family gathering and begged grandma and grandpa to tell us the stories of when you were young. <laughs> You know, that never exactly, happened. Exactly right. I mean, right. we might, we might, you know, we might not have had iPhones in our hands, but we certainly right. didn't want to sit around with all those old people. You know, we right. were all either in the barn or in the, in my case with my cousins, we were walking the town. You know, I, right. I grew up in a small town south of Chicago and we just were right. walking all over the town. We never wanted to be around all those old people and all the crazy right. things they were talking about. So now everybody's posting right. all these pictures of grandkids on their iPhones. And right. it's like, well, I don't know. What did you want them to do? Ask you about your childhood? Right. It was okay. They don't care about it. <laughs> Get over yourself. Right. It's not about you. Right. Anyway, right. I don't know. No, but no, it's, it is right. a positive I would, thing. 
I would agree with you 100%. And the other thing I would say is, um, you know, if you're frustrated with your child or your grandchildren being on the phone, go over and say, hey, what are you doing? Show me. You know, you, you're, you're loving this Minecraft thing. Explain it to me. Show me how you play. You know, get engaged with them. Don't just... You don't have to be separated. There doesn't have to be sort of this, you know, Chinese wall of separation between you and them because they're in the digital world. The thing about this generation is that they can much more easily and seamlessly go back and forth between the digital and physical world. It's innate to them. It's natural to them. For us and our generation, it's not as easy and natural, but it's not because they innately or naturally know how to travel back and forth between the digital and physical world doesn't make them bad or it evil. Right, right. Yeah, you're so right. And the other two thing too that I think you, we need to remember is, you know, my husband uh, was in construction, and uh-huh. he he himself had to say, you know, when he first started running equipment, it was all just mechanical, just like our cars were. You know, your brake pedal and your, right. your steering wheel and all that stuff. But as the even the heavy equipment has progressed to the point that it's all a computer, and right. so the young kids that were coming in. You know, in the last 10 or 20 years, they knew how to run that heavy equipment because they were used to a joystick in their hand. And my husband's generation, they were clueless. When something would happen with the equipment, it was all computer. And they didn't, you know, it wasn't the old days where they opened up the hood and and found out where the spark plugs and the carburetor was, you know. Right. And it was all digital. And so that's just a reality. Even something as mannish and as simple as those big heavy cranes that you see out on the road, if you were to look inside the cabs, it's a computer that's in there. Right. And Absolutely. so, yeah, we need to remember that. Absolutely. And the, the other part about, you know, this whole movement towards restricting screen time, the other part that I don't understand, the analogy that I use is if your child had a proclivity or a talent for football, wouldn't you want, I mean, I see parents, you know, doing everything they can to promote their child's, you know, sports career. They hire private coaches, they put them on competitive traveling teams, you know, they really promote that interest or that talent. Or if your child was um, a prodigy in piano or violin, you know, you, it seems like parents are not as prone or understanding of promoting your child if they have a proclivity towards technology as much as if they would musically or athletically and i don't really understand why parents don't make that make that analogy or that parallel because if my child was gifted i have a a child here who's a middle schooler who wants to um code for Minecraft, like his whole world, he he is on the uh, autism spectrum. And his whole world is Minecraft, but he every day when he comes here, he's creating content in it, and he's building, creating maps, and he's, you know, doing coding in it, and so forth and so forth. And his mother didn't want him to come two days in a row because she limits his screen time. 
Right, because that's the PC thing to do now is I love, I, yeah. you know, and this is getting, this is probably very not politically correct, but I love the, the parents who monitor the screen time because they're working and their children are in daycare. And so, uh-huh. you know, it's very easy to tell the daycare provider only one hour a day. Bye bye. Right. I'm going to work, you know, but if right. you actually had to be home with that child 24 seven, you would right. see that, you know, a little Mickey Mouse club is a good thing. Right. And right. a little ABC mouse is a really great thing. Right. And, you know, and I, and I, and like you, I have a grandson that's autistic and even on the spectrum, you have different levels and oh, even absolutely. as um, severely um, affected as he is on the spectrum, he, my my daughter just assumed that the reason that he was reading was because he was autistic. And when he, she started getting therapy, they were like, no, 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 he's really smart. This is not normal behavior for him, you know. Right. And so when he absolutely loves some of the computer programs that are out there that is helping him to read and right. and teaching him letters and things like that. So right. we do really need to take the villain out of the screen time and understand right. that it's you know I, I I'm sure that all of the all of my grandmother when the television came they were all like right. that darn boob tube is yeah, going to ruin exactly. you know yeah. and it's like well yeah. it didn't hurt Steve Jobs and it didn't hurt exactly. you know all right. of the other things that have come about it's we've all right. survived watching Bonanza and Carol Burnett right. we survived somehow so <laughs> you know uh, it's yeah. it's just a matter of of like right. you say. It's, yeah, you, we have to be more vigilant and watching and seeing what our children are right. looking at. That's for sure. But well, as I you say, to... if you had a child that was excelling in tennis, you would do everything to, mm-hmm. to help that person be successful. So if they're a fabulous coder or they right. can write programs or they're doing this technology, go right. run, you know. Right, exactly. And there are so few options or so few places out there that, uh, you know, this child that I was describing who comes and his whole world is Minecraft, but he's creating content in Minecraft. Right. When I praise him for, when I encourage and praise him for doing what he's doing, he just lights up. It's that uh-huh. spark that I was talking about before. Right. You know, I, that's what we live for here at Fidgets to Widgets is to see that spark again, that twinkle in their eye, the beaming smile, the giddy joy and fun that they have here. And so, um, you know, I have garnered or curated a lot of resources on the Internet that I wish I had for my boys when I was homeschooling them or looking for other resources to supplement their education. The plethora of Internet resources that are free out there is just mind-blowing. You can take a virtual tour of the Smithsonian institutions. You can travel all over the world with Google Earth. You know, it's this is a miraculous, going back to the <laughs> the opening theme that we were talking about, this is a miraculous dawning of the age of technology. We're only at the birth of it. I think that's partly why there's a lot of fear, resistance, and even backlash, because we're entering mm-hmm. literally into a whole new world, and that can be overwhelming and scary. But the ride is exhilarating. And when I go on the Internet and I find resources for us and our kids to, to do, it's, I mean, it's, it's 
uh, it renders me speechless, really, because right, I'm just right. in such awe of what I can do with our kids here at Fidgets to Widgets that we didn't even didn't even exist ten years ago. Exactly. Well, tell everyone now. As you mentioned before, you used to be located in Eugene, Oregon, but now you have. A, a location closer to Portland. So tell us about places. what you have coming up and what are some programs that are available uh, that people can get on your website and start signing up for. Great. So we're opening, we have a center open in Tigard, and so we're kind of serving at least initially the southwest Portland communities, both southwest Portland and the southwest southwestern suburbs. Um, we hope that if this uh, initial one in Portland is success that we'll be able to expand to other locations in Portland. We open this week. We're going to be following the same curriculum themes that we have here in Eugene. So this week is Hour of Code. Next week, I believe, is um, so a new technology that's out there now is called live streaming. And some of the platforms that they're using, one is called Twitch, another one is called Periscope. And so as new technologies come out, I try to stay on top of it so I can teach the kids how to use those platforms responsibly before they just start jumping on and getting into trouble. Right. You know, if you're going to go on platforms where there are adults, you need to know how to protect yourself, you know, right. safe online. So I think next week's um, theme is learning about these new live streaming platforms. And then over Christmas break, winter break for the schools, um, we're open all day, every day during winter break from 7.30 in the morning until 7 at night. And uh, the themes over the break, I think one is learning to mod, which is um, computer programming in Minecraft. So you can actually like make your own version of Minecraft through learning how to program it. You know, wow. we the kid what the kids don't understand is yeah, you can just hop on this game and play, but what's behind the curtain? Behind the curtain is programming. So if you want to actually they say, Why doesn't Minecraft have such and such? Well, you could create it if you learn how to program. Wow. So um so we're open all winter break. And then after winter break, then we go back to our after-school programming. We also have lots of programming on the weekends. And as a matter of fact, I'll pause here, this Saturday is part of our grand opening month, and we have an all-day Minecraft mania extravaganza from 9 in the morning till 6 in the afternoon and is free. A oh, my gosh. free day of playing Minecraft and at the Portland location, we also have a Wii U, and we also have uh, a virtual projection gaming system where they can play like virtual soccer, virtual football, uh, where the image is projected onto the screen and there are sensors, and so you kick the ball and the ball actually moves. It's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. We do, so- we do host... Um, I mean, we're a technology learning center, but of course, uh, lots of people have wanted to um, host birthday parties. So we have, you know, Minecraft-themed birthday parties, uh, as well as private tutoring. So let's say somebody, you know, wants their child to have more in-depth 
learning about coding or how to set up a server. We do offer um, private tutoring as well as field trip classes for schools. Oh, wow. How does that work? Now, how would a field trip? People sign up, and then what do you do? Well, that's when we were are working with the schools directly. So, because we, oh, we have, oh, oh, okay, okay. We have computer labs. I mean, our computer labs are larger than some school computer labs. So, uh, and let's say a school contacts us and they want, um, you know, a class or a field trip just on animation, learning how to do animation. And so I we see. offer that kind of a class. I see. So the field trip people come to you, and right. and your environment is the field trip. We yeah, we're a destination location. Right, right, yeah. right. That is so exciting. Well, tell tell me a little bit about the book that you co-wrote, uh, the mm-hmm. Mind Your Minecraft, Eat Your Vegetables. Tell me a little bit about that. <laughs> sure. So as you said earlier, you know, you've you've observed your grandson playing and you don't really get it, but you know that he's into it. And so, you know, you see the outcome, you see what he's accomplished. Uh, what we get often from parents is exactly what you said, like, I don't really get it, but I understand that my child or my grandchild is into it. And so we decided to write a book about why it's such a popular game. It's actually the most popular game, video game, on Earth. Wow. And has been for a couple years. I don't know if you know this, but it was started by a small independent uh, Swedish company called Mojang. And then last year, Microsoft bought it. It was six guys who created Minecraft. Of course. And then, la- and then last year, Minecraft, uh, Microsoft purchased Mojang for $2.5 billion. Oh, my God. Now, see, this is what our kids could be doing yeah, if you exactly, would just encourage exactly. it. Think about um, the retirement it, when your little boy is yeah, going to buy you a right, house someday with right. his $2.5 billion he right, just got. Right, <laughs> Yeah. So the whole thing about why we wrote the book, there are, there are many tutorial uh, resources out there of how to play it. There are books. There are... YouTube videos, but nobody had really gone to, like, why has this become the most popular game on the planet? You know, what has it tapped into? And so we kind of sat down after playing it here with our kids. Actually, we play it, but we're also, this is another thing that makes us uh, and our program unique. We're the only authorized Minecraft EDU center in the state of Oregon. And that means that we use Minecraft not only for recreational purposes, but also for educational purposes. We do a lot of projects in Minecraft, and we do talk about that in the book. We talk about some of the projects that we've done. Um, But the why of it, you know, is that it's unlike any other video game in that it has no concrete goal or outcome. So most of the video games, if you're familiar, like let's say, for example, the Mario Uh um, franchise. So in in many of those games, you quote level up. Yes. You have to you have to follow the level and um, um, accomplish certain things before you can go to the next level. Right. 
you know, and uh, or there are other video games where there are specific missions that you have to accomplish and then you earn points or what right. have you. Minecraft is what's called a sandbox game. So, Renee, if you picture yourself out on the beach with miles and miles of sand and it's all yours, the only thing that is restricting you is your imagination. Oh my gosh. There were no other games out there at the time that Minecraft came along that were what's called an open-ended sandbox game. So the kids, I think that's, you know, what it unlocked for them and what it opened up for them. And it's actually not only played by kids, it's played by lots and lots of millions oh, of Oh, I'm sure. Well. Yeah. But um, we're just saying kids because that's our focus, right? Right. Um, but, you know, you don't have a game where there's no rule. I mean, there are rules because there are characters in the game. So, like, if you're out at night and you're unprotected, a zombie could kill you. You know, I mean, okay, there are those right. kind of You have to have that rules. element to, be, to keep the excitement going. Exactly. Yeah. So it's right. engaging. I mean, they were brilliant. You know, they developed these characters, and then, you know, everybody has – all the characters have certain traits, you know, so you have to know how to survive, but you can be as creative as you can imagine in your survival. So it doesn't tell you how to play it or how to achieve anything. You figure it out all on your own, and I think this was extremely refreshing. I think that the characters that they built into it were often um, hit on universal archetypes, like Steve is the yeah. Steve is the main character. You're always Steve. Now, you can change Steve's clothes, which they call in the game skin. And you're going to have to stop me because I can go on and on. But Steve is like the hero. So it's the hero's journey. Right? So so Steve. Okay, yeah. So that's so funny because I hear these terms around here and I'll say, he's got all these little, you know, figurines. And I'll say, what is that? Because they just look like little pixel people. And so, you know, I'm like, what is that? He's oh, that's Steve. And I'm like, okay. I don't know what that is, but go on, yeah. Yeah, but if you think of, you know, any of the great mythologies, they all have, you know, heroes and protagonists and great perils that they could come up against, you know, and then they triumph through the perils and then they, you know, and then they go on. And so they've, I think, you know, underneath it, it's a very mythological, a game based in mythology. Right. Oh, and that wonderful. hits on universal archetypes. So that's a lot of what um, the book goes into, as well as real-world applications that the game offers. Um, yes. Redstone in the game of Minecraft is the equivalent to it's the it's the circuitry or the electrical system. And so, if your kid is into redstone, they're probably going to become mechanical or electrical engineers. It's uh-huh. smart stuff. You know, because yeah. with redstone, you fire torches, you create push plates and levers and elevators, you know. So everything in the game, we that's another thing that we talk about in our book are the real-world corollaries. If, if your kid is playing, they're also preparing for their future. Wow. And isn't that's that how, what we all did? That's how kids learn. That's how kids right. learn is through play. Through play, exactly. And we yeah. learned... You know, before by by pretending, you know, having our little playhouses and things like that. And now this is just right. it is a new world and we have to learn how to, you know, through play what we're going to be when we grow up. So 
That's yep. amazing. So tell us then, okay, so the best way to sign up for one of your fabulous programs is to get on your website. Is that correct? That's correct, yes. And we have a whole, uh, we have a specific link for Portland. Okay. So if you go to Fidgets to Widgets, and it's spelled F-I-D-G-E-T-S, and the number two, and then widgets, W-I-D-G-E-T-S, dot com. That's our website, and then okay. there's a specific link for Portland. You can also call me at area code 503-310-3248, and I'd be happy to talk to you further about any of our programs. Okay, that's perfect. Well, I'm excited. I'm, I'm planning a couple of birthday parties. We have, I have five grandchildren that have birthday parties in December, which I think oh adds to, yeah, adds to the stress of birthday parties. I'm like, ah! And, right. um, so I think I'm going to be planning a birthday party here and definitely signing up for some uh, holiday break activities. So, uh, Excellent. thank you, Pam. Thank you for number one, starting this amazing program. And then thank you, number two, for bringing it closer to Portland. And I will thank number three when you put it in Vancouver, because that would be even better. That would be the ultimate <laughs> okay. of thank you. Okay. <laughs> but, yes, and thank absolutely. you for being a guest on my show today. You've been, you, you have really enlightened me and I'm going to, uh, I might just pay a little bit more attention when, when uh, my guy is playing Minecraft. Well, then I've done my job. You Thank have. You, you have. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye. Alrighty, bye-bye. Well, I hope that all of you are as excited as I am. And I think we need to remember that, you know, we're almost to a new year. It's going to be 2016. And technology is just going to be enhancing our lives even more. So if you have a child that is really into technology, water it, feed it, make it grow, because it is probably something that might be a lifetime uh, event for them that would be something that they can support their family doing. So it's absolutely amazing. And I'm excited. I think Vidgets to Widgets sounds like a really, really great program. And I love the fact that it was started by two women, women in technology. I think that's amazing. All right, you have a great day. We will talk again next week. And thank you so much for joining me today on Heaven Sent and Bent. Bye-bye. 